Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, it is easy, and my burden is light. I don't know if you've read the frontier stories of the little house in the prairie, but they have an endearing uh, scene in the little story called The Farmer Boy, which recounts Almanzo learning of his father's making a yoke. So I quote from The Farmer Boy of Little House on the Prairie. But at last, breakfast was over, and Almanzo went to the woodshed. There was a little calf yoke made for a little calf made of red cedar, made by his father, strong yet light. His father showed him how to fit the yoke carefully upon the soft neck of the calf. He must scrape the inside of the yoke with a curve, with a piece of glass, till the yoke fit perfectly and the wood was silky smooth. He then slipped a wooden pin through one end to hold the yoke in place. The calf kept on twisting his head, trying to see the strange thing on its neck. But he was cared for so gently, the yoke fit so well, uh, that the calf stood quietly, and Almanzo gave him a carrot. After work, he wiped the yoke clean, hung the yoke on its peg. He must always clean the yoke, keep it dry, else the calves would have sore necks. It's a wonderful story and a wonderful image of a yoke. What I find so compelling about this image is the sense that what, what matters most is not so much the, the weight of the burden. Conceivably, that calf yoke cow could carry a very heavy burden if the yoke fit well, but what was of significance or what is of significance is how well the yoke fits. A yoke that fit poorly would force that calf to work harder, accomplish less, and wear out faster. And I think the same thing applies to you and me. I've been I think I've shared before, just remarkably struck by our bodies, both our fragility and our durability. How, how on one hand, we're really capable of carrying some pretty significant burdens, and on the other hand, it doesn't take much to have things go in a pretty bad direction. I've, I think I've cried on many of your shoulders about my recent injury uh, to an ACL, and what was uh, I ruptured it some months ago playing soccer, and what was really discouraging about that was the fact that I wasn't doing anything other than reaching for, the wrong, reaching for a ball in the wrong direction. I wasn't running, there wasn't contact, it was simply that, stepping the wrong way, a little burden, a little pressure to capture this image, a little bit, bearing a yoke in the wrong way can do great damage. I. Uh, read somewhere, I can't quote, uh, quote this for you, but uh, I read somewhere that it only takes eight pounds of pressure in the right place, or in this example, the, in the wrong place, to do some pretty serious damage. This Bible probably weighs eight pounds, not much. But put that Bible in the wrong spot, carry it in the wrong way, broken bones, pulled lig ligaments. Uh, you probably can empathize. Maybe you've had this experience of Twisting the wrong way, reaching the wrong way, picking up something with your back rather than using your legs. It's not the burden that is uh, determinative, but how the burden is born. We have, we're surprisingly fragile. Bear the burden, even a light burden, even an eight-pound burden. Bear it the wrong way, bad things happen. But on the other hand, we are remarkably durable. 
I was a Boy Scout in, uh, in my younger days and remember some vital, uh, some vital things from that, tying knots, and I, I remember how to uh, pack a backpack. And the Scoutmaster would impress upon us the importance of packing your backpack well. That you'd want to put all the heavy stuff way down at the bottom. That you'd want as much as you can have all the weight secured on your back. That you want to get those, uh, that, that waist belt cinched tight around your hips so that you would transfer as much as you could all of the weight off of your back so you're not leaning back like so, but instead all the weight goes through your hips and down into your legs and so that the burden may be borne well. And if the burden is borne well, we have a remarkable capacity. Even little boys, 60, 70 pounds, carrying packs 5, 10 miles, weighing 20 to 30 pounds. That's a remarkable percentage of body weight that if you bear it well, it can be borne. And what matters most of all is the yoke we carry. Come to me, all you who labor, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. There's so much we could say about this great passage. For many of you, I imagine, it's one of your most treasured uh, passages in the Bible. It's for good reason that Thomas Cramner, the architect of our Anglican church, included these words in what he would call the comfortable words, words that we say right after uh, we confess our sins, right after the pastor assures us of Christ's forgiveness, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke and learn from me. The comfortable words. I want to offer three three observations that can guide our thoughts for this evening, or pardon me, this morning. By the way, this evening, we forgot to mention, forgot to print, next Sunday in the evening, November 19th, 5 o'clock, will be our next even song. So um, three points for this morning. Um, we learn something about ourselves. We learn something about Jesus. And third and final, we'll spend a little bit more time on this. We learned a lot about what Jesus does. What do we learn about ourselves? Well, this passage tells us that we're burdened. Imagine Jesus, a great teacher. I, who knows if this will happen, but imagine him gathering his disciples at his feet. And as he begins instructing them, he glances over their heads and sees somebody carrying a yoke, carrying a carrying a a beam across their shoulders and, and uh, some burden on either side. Maybe you've seen this as you've traveled to developing nations. We see it as we get out of the, 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 the city of Nairobi up north into the northern parts of Kenya and Ethiopia. Uh, often you'll see someone carrying a very rudimentary yoke, a uh, cloth wrapped around the place where the wood strikes the shoulder, carrying most commonly buckets of water back to and from a well. And like a farmer, looking with compassion. Remember that image of a, uh, the, the neck will rub if the yoke doesn't fit well. Remember that image from Little Farmer Boy? Like a farmer looking on compassion of his valued beast of burden, chafed and bleeding under a yoke, Jesus refers to you and me as those who are burdened. 
who those, those who, aren't, who are wearing a yoke that does not fit well. Not so much physically burdened. I imagine most of us do not know what it's like to be physically tired after a day of work. I imagine most of us have never carried a yoke in anything other than you know, Sunday school or show and tell. But we know a great deal, don't we, about carrying uh, emotional burdens, unseen burdens. What strikes me as interesting is whether they're physical burdens, like carrying an actual physical yoke, or carrying metaphysical, unseen burdens, the actual physiological effect on you and me is much the same, right? You feel not right about, right about there in the back, right between your shoulder blades. You feel your back start to tense up, right? There's no actual physical weight, by the way. Your neck starts to chafe and become tense. The, the physiological effects of bearing an emotional burden is just the same as bearing a physical burden. I wonder if that describes you. I know at times it certainly has described me. Describes you this morning. Uh, if you woke up this morning weary and went to bed last night weary, if you even right now you can kind of feel that little knot right in the small of your back, I bet some of you can. Listen to uh, 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 my own little revision of this passage. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? Are you spread too thin? Are you beat up? Are you used up? Are you ready? Are you ready to give up? Then come to me. Who are we? Who does this passage identify us as? It identifies us as the burdened. Second, who is Jesus Christ? We'll spend this, we'll hit this very briefly, but there was such a union of contrast in this passage, I just couldn't pass it up. You'll note we were told two surprising things about Christ. Number one, we're told that he is equal with his Father, that uh, verse 25, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, referring to God as his Father, uh, that you have hidden these things from the wise and unlearned. And then he goes on in verse 20, 27, all things have been handed over to me. By my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. The first thing we're told of Jesus is his unique relationship with God. He addresses his Father as the Lord of heaven and earth, placing himself on equal pedestal, that the Father has shared all authority with him. And second, we're told something of his character, equally surprising. I am gentle. I am lowly in heart. That word lowly in heart implies servile, or, or uh, I'm not sure I pronounced that word right, but almost servant-like in heart. On one hand, a stunning claim of his own position, his own authority. And on the other hand, an equally stunning claim about his gentleness, his humility. So C.S. Lewis is one of many Christian thinkers who has observed the following, that you cannot reconcile Jesus' humility, the quality of his character, with his rampant megalomania, which colors his theological claims about himself. So famously, C.S. Lewis argued, you can't call Jesus either uh, a good teacher, 
right? someone who referred to themselves as God as a father in whom God has entrusted all his authority, that, that's, a, that's a, either the words of a liar, either the words of a lunatic, or the words of who he said he was. But you cannot call him good. He has not left that open. But under this theme of bearing burdens, I think what this combination of contrast tells us about Jesus is something really applicable. Because Jesus is one with God, because his shoulders are broad enough, he is able to carry every burden. And because he is gentle and lowly in heart, he's willing to carry yours. You see, this passage tells us something about Jesus, that he is your, our, perfect burden bearer. Who are we? We are the burdened. Who is he? He is the burden bearer. You can probably see where this is going. What does he do? Well, he bears our burdens. He takes from you and me the burdens that you cannot bear. Come to me and I will give you rest. I will take the burdens you cannot bear. And he will give us his yoke so that we can bear all of the other burdens of life. I just want to spend a little bit of time thinking about each one of those. He takes the burdens that you cannot bear. Look, the number of burdens that you and I face are innumerable. We'll think about a few as we move on. But the Bible consistently speaks of one burden above all other burdens. And it's the burden of guilt. It's the burden of what the Bible would call sin. There's a couple of examples. Maybe these are familiar to you, so bear with me. From the 32nd Psalm, we read this. The author reflects of the 32nd Psalm reflects on some previous indiscretion. The author says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through all my groaning, for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. Do you hear the language of burden? Your hand heavy upon me, like a child hiding a lousy report card from a parent, uh, living in fear that they're going to be found out. The author feels the burden of his secret faults. Or again in the 130th Psalm, one more example. If you, O Lord, should mark my iniquities, O Lord, I could not stand. From the image of a, a child hiding a report card to the image of a, an account, a delinquent account, a man imagining his iniquities being marked. Every thought, every word, every deed, on and on and on. And again, you hear the image of the weight. If you were to do that, if you were to mark every misdeed, every stray thought, oh Lord, I, I could not even stand. Maybe there's some old school Anglicans who can fill in the blank for this prayer of confession that we used to say. We earnestly repent and are sor heartily sorry for these our misdoings. The remembrance of them is Grievous unto us, and the burden of them is what? Intolerable. This is the intolerable burden. And Jesus' invitation is to the burdened. 
Elsewhere he'll say, it's not to the healthy that I bring wellness, or not to the well that I bring health, but it's to the sick that I offer my health. In the same way, he doesn't offer rest to those who have no burden. He offers rest to those who are burdened. So friends, have you ever felt in some way the burdens that the Bible speaks so clearly of? Can we empathize with the guilty child hiding the report card from the parent, bones wasting away, or from the deficient, the deficit account whose debits far outweigh the credits, or the language of our prayer book that the burden is intolerable? Jesus Christ takes away our burdens. He is our great burden bearer. How does he do so? Well, you're probably aware of the passages which refer to Jesus carrying his cross. You know, the cross has two portions, a vertical piece and then a horizontal piece. So if we hear that phrase, he carried his cross, we're likely to think of the carrying, Jesus, Jesus carrying the whole thing. Well, that's, not, that's not accurate. The vertical piece of a cross would remain fixed. It makes sense. You couldn't fix that every time. Uh, so the vertical piece remains solid. It's the, the cross bar that would be carried. That's what Jesus carried, not the whole thing, just the horizontal cross bar. How would he carry it? Much like a yoke, much like a laborer would carry their yoke. And it's that yoke. It's the burden of that yoke which Jesus carries for us, for you. Perhaps you've heard these passages before from the prophet Isaiah. The Lord God has laid upon him, Jesus, the iniquity, the burden, the iniquity of us all. Or Jesus Christ from the book of Hebrews. Jesus Christ was appointed to bear, to bear the burden of the sins of many. Or from John's gospel, behold the Lamb of God who bears away, who takes away the sins of the world. And we could go on and on with verse after verse and passage after passage which cuts to the heart of, what the, of the Christian faith. That God in his love for you and me, despite our waywardness, has appointed his son to bear the guilt of the world in our place. Remember back to this image, there are some burdens that you cannot bear, and it doesn't take much of that burden to break you. It only takes eight pounds in the wrong direction to do some real damage. You and I are not meant to bear the guilt of sin before God. And whether you perceive that as a great guilt or a little guilt, it really doesn't matter. Just a little will do. You're not meant to bear the weight. So what must you do? Well, you must respond as the invitation suggests. Come to him. A direct invitation inviting a direct response. To come to him, not to church. Church is great. To come to him, not to the Bible. Bible is great. To come to him, not to a, a prayer group. Come to him. Come directly to him. A direct invitation inviting a direct response. So friends, have you responded to Jesus under those terms? Have you felt the burden? Can you resonate with the words from our prayer book that the remembrance of them, the burden of them, is intolerable? Jesus' invitation is to the burdened, and it still is. To come to him, for he has borne the burden which we cannot bear. That is the first invitation. But the second is equally encouraging. Secondly, he offers his yoke. His yoke by which you can carry all other burdens. Now, I hope this is no surprise that Jesus does not offer you and me a burdenless life. As far as I can tell, he takes the burden of guilt away, which I thoroughly believe. 
but all other burdens are pretty intractable. Like, I was speaking with uh, one of you who I thought very eloquently described the burden of parenthood when they said, I am always only as happy as my least happy child. Oh. <laughs> Right? There's a burden, and just because you've come to Jesus doesn't take that away. Right? There's a burden that we, all, we experience our burdens of work. One of you was, was referring to the uh, false accusation made by them and someone in authority. And whether you're a Christian or not, that is a burden, and it's a big one. And the burdens that you carry and I carry are limitless. The burden of loneliness, the burden of unemployment, the burden of disappointment. The, the list goes on and on. And, and, and coming to Jesus doesn't wipe them all away. What does he do? He fits you and me with a yoke, a yoke by which you can carry them. Recall that as we began this image, uh, this sermon, what matters most is not so much the weight of the burden, but how you carry it. That Boy Scout weighing 60 pounds can carry a 30-pound bag if the burden is fitted well. And that's what Jesus does for you. He gives you the yoke that fits so that you can bear the burdens of life. Take my yoke, if I could intersperse our opening illustration from Little Farmer Boy. Take my yoke, uh, my handmade yoke, made of red cedar, strong yet light, polished and sanded, the wood silky smooth to fit perfectly around your neck. Are you tired? Are you worn out, burned out, spread thin, beat up, ready to give up? Come to Jesus. He will take away the burden that you cannot bear. Now walk with him. Work with him. Watch him. Learn from him. Keep company with him. And as you do, he will fit you to carry every burden that comes your way. I think this is a great aspiration for you and me. And it's perhaps our most compelling witness to the world. Christians are not burdenless. Perish the thought. What we have is an ability to carry burdens. As we draw near to Jesus, walk with him, learn. Learn to bear our burdens freely and lightly. And in some cases, I suggest most cases, bearing more burdens than we ever thought we possibly could. Before our closing hymn, we're going to listen to a musical offering entitled, entitled, I Don't Feel No Ways Tired. I Don't Feel No Ways Tired. As we listen, perhaps we can envision Jesus taking from us our burdens, the burdens which we cannot carry, the burden of sin, the burden of guilt, and then in exchange, fitting us with a yoke that fits, enabling us to lightly and freely carry all the burdens.